Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in to our friends at iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Blog Talk Radio. We're glad you all could be with us as well. We're excited to welcome Dr. David Unger to our broadcast today. We're going to talk to him about his mystery series uh, that many people have gotten to call a lesson. We will be talking about his newest book, A Lesson in Woo-Woo and Murder, what it's been like for him to write these books see the response, and of course, literally to take the journey along with the characters from book to book as well. If you guys are just now finding out about the lesson series, we'll remind you how you can get your own copies of it. David, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate you stopping by. Uh, it's a pleasure to be talking with you. Looking forward to it. So, David, it's it's so cool the way this book was written, uh, A Lesson in Woo-Woo and Murder. We're going to kind of talk more about that. But I want to talk about this experience for you because, as as I mentioned, you are you know a, a doctor. But what has it been like for you now in this career as a storyteller to see the way that people are responding to your mysteries? Well, you know, when anyone responds positively, it's very gratifying. And I've been a educator. I'm a therapist. I'm not the kind of doctor that uh, – can give you what you really want if you go in to see a doctor because you have pain over here or over there. I'm the one that's going to ask you how you feel about that. So, uh, but, but I, uh, I've been an educator and a therapist my whole career. I've written, I wrote uh, three self-help books, but this was uh, when I started the A Lesson series. It was my first uh, attempt at writing fiction and my first attempt at writing mysteries. So I'm a mystery reader. So I kind of felt like, you know, you're supposed to write what you know. And I sort of, as a reader, I knew mysteries. So I, I thought it would be a good genre for me to uh, put my hand at. So let's talk about how you decided to write these books, because I think that's the interesting thing. When anyone who, even if A Lesson in Woo-Woo and Murder is their first book to read of yours, David, they're going to see, first right. of all, uh, that the main character and the author share a lot of things in common, especially the name. So I want to talk right. about that. I mean, what was that like for you to decide who the main character of this series is going to be and then sharing your life with that person? All right. Well, let me take a step back and say – I was teaching at the university. I was teaching graduate students how to do therapy. I was teaching group therapy and how the process of psychotherapy. And the dean told me to come into her office one day. And, you know, you always get scared when the dean wants to talk to you. But I went in there, and she told me that the professor who was teaching the human sexuality course had an emergency and would not be able to teach the course and she looked at me and said, will you teach this course? Now, I was not prepared to teach a class on human sexuality, uh, but I wanted to get on her good side. So I said, sure, I can teach that. And she said, great, it starts in a week. And I used that premise, and that's all true what I just told you, but I used that premise to write my first book, A Lesson in Sex and Murder, and so everything in that book is fiction, but I went because I knew I had to learn. I had to learn about human sexuality to teach that course, 
And when I started to write the book, I knew, well, I need to learn about human sexuality, but I need to learn how to write a mystery. I need to learn uh, just, you know, we all need to learn about life and how to make our things as good as they can be. So when I started the series, learning was a key component for me. And I thought as a reader, you know, in the sex book, we could all learn a little bit more about sex. In the woo-woo book, which we'll get to, I thought, well, we could learn a little bit more about woo-woo. So whatever the subject was, that was uh, what I wanted to learn a little bit more about as a writer and do the research, but also share that with the uh, readers. Right. Right. And I'm, I'm curious then, David, I mean, again, we're going to talk around some of A Lesson in Woo-Woo and Murder so we don't spoil anything right. for audience there. But does the David Unger in the books, do they share your skepticism right. as well as adventure? Uh, well, what I say to people is if you read uh, the books and you like the character, that those qualities resemble me. And if you don't like the character, <laughs> that's fiction. Uh, but I don't know if you've ever heard of a country western singer called Kinky Friedman, uh, but in the 80s, he wrote a series of mysteries, and among his big fans are George Bush and Bill Clinton. And in real life, Kinky Friedman is a country western singer in Texas. But in his series, he, Kinky Friedman, is a goes to Greenwich Village in New York and uses his name and his occupation, becomes a country western singer in those books in the local bar there, and mysteries fall into his lap. So I thought, well, if it was good enough for Kinky, good enough for George, good enough for Bill, it was good enough for me. And so that's what prompted me to make myself the main character in the book the characters are therapists, they're an educator, and uh, they, as I say, the qualities you like resemble me, and the others not so much. Yeah, yeah, love that, and and I think that that's an interesting thing. So, what did this did the writing style that you chose for the a lesson series, David? Did that make it easier for you to write the books? Uh, well, I'm what they call a panster which P-A-N-T-S-T-E-R, and a panster writes by the seat of their pants. Um, <laughs> so, uh, lest you think I'm the only one, Stephen King, Mark Twain, Ernest Hemingway, Raymond Chandler, all wrote some of their books by the seat of their pants. And what that means for me is when I start a book, I have a title, so I know it's going to be about woo-woo. I wrote one about music. I want one about baseball, cowboys, uh, different topics. And so I know it's that. I have a sense of location. I may know one or two sentences about what I want to have happen, but the books are just as much a mystery to me as they are to the reader. And so that makes it a lot of fun for me because I don't know, I don't know who's going to make it up alive. And I don't know. I don't know who done it. And in a couple of my books, I didn't know who done it until right to the very end. And so that first draft, it's totally a mystery to me. Then when I go back for the second draft, third draft, I can fine tune it a little bit and drop some hints and clues here and there. 
but uh, it, being a panster, it's all new to me as I write it, which is challenging, but it's, you know, because some people have outlines and it's very clear they're going to write this scene and that scene and that scene. So, you know, that might be easier for them. But for me, uh, just letting the story, I'm a storyteller. So you tell a story and then this scene follows that scene and I try to make it weave together and make sense and be enjoyable along the way. Yeah. Well, it definitely comes out in the newest book. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. Dr. David Unger is our guest for this segment. We're talking with him about his writing journey and his newest book in the lesson series, A Lesson in Woo-Woo and Murder. So let's talk about David's adventure in this book, David, because I love the fact, well, two things. One, that's why I was asking about the skepticism, because it's, it's interesting to see David wanting to be logical and make sense of things. Um, but also being open to exploring why people do what they do and and explore the things they explore. So for yourself, even though you say you know you, you kind of you know right on the seat of your pants, what was kind of the seed for this book? What is it that kind of made this an idea? You mentioned you know a previous book that kind of started this whole series and how that kind of started. But what was it when it came to a lesson in woo and murder that kind of sparked this for you? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I. I'm fascinated by things I don't understand. And I don't I have no idea how psychics, medium, chakra balances, balancers, uh tarot card readers, I don't know how they do what they do. And I yeah, I have a certain amount of skepticism about it and I certainly did before I started doing any research into this. Uh and so I was skeptical, but I thought, what a great world to go into. Back in the 80s, they had these events called Whole Life Expos, and they had all these, I don't know, fringe healing practices there. They had uh, speakers and vendors of different candles and crystals and all manner of things. And it was it was a world I didn't know, a world I didn't understand, but I thought, now here are people who, for the most part, have good hearts and good intentions. I'm sure there's some people in there that are in there for the buck, but they're trying to be helpers, healers in, quote-unquote, alternative ways, and I thought, how great to tap into those skills to try to solve a mystery because they're going to come at it at a very different angle than I'm going to come at it. And maybe combining their talents with my talents, we can figure out who done it. Yeah. And and I love the how way that comes out in conversations. Uh, uh, David, I mean, one of the ones is with, with Eve and I think one of the other characters, uh, Sheridan uh, and, and David in the book, talking about um, things that people believe and what makes people do what they do and and the result, you know. And I love the fact that that kind of becomes a part of this because it does kind of go to the other big thing that's in this book, and that is the motive, the motivation. So was that also part of the fun of writing this book, David, to think about – because normally when we think about crimes that may happen – you know, we think it's more cut and dry as to why someone does what they do. Was it kind of fun right. for you to kind of see the 
how vague sometimes it can be, I'll put it that way, as to why people choose to do what they do when it comes to right and wrong. Right. Well, of course, when I started, I had no idea who did what to whom, and I didn't know the motivation. So when I finished it, I had to go back and sort of put the motivation in there. But here's the thing I think about the woo-woo world or about life and about, about a lot of things. If you believe something to be true, it's true for you. And we don't need to talk politics, but you know a good part of the country thinks one candidate won the last election, and another part of the country thinks another candidate won the election. And neither one of those groups is going to be able to convince the other group otherwise. So where is the truth? Well, the truth is in what you believe. So if you believe that the woo-woo world, this person will help heal you, it increases the odds of that working. And, you know, you... The little bit I know about you, I mean, you very much are believing in helping people realize their potential to actualize their dreams, to pursue their dreams. And you know if you're a child and a parent tells you, you're a bum, you're never going to make it, that discourages that child. But if you tell that child, you know, I really believe in you and you can do it and you can make it happen. Yeah, you're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to invest in it. But I believe in you. It helps that child believe in themselves. And right. you want – so, in the so you know, people – one of the healing elements um, in, for medical doctors, therapists, is something they call the installation of hope. You want to believe – Something's going to make the world better for you. And why do you buy a lottery ticket? The odds are great that you're not going to win, <laughs> but it instills hope in you. And for the, you know, for a dollar or two, you can hope and believe, wow, I'm going to have millions of dollars, and it's going to do this, and it's going to do that. And so you've had this installation of hope. And yeah, the odds are very strong, but for that. Otherwise, you don't have that hope. You and I don't wake up today thinking, ah, at the end of the day, I'm going to have millions of dollars. That's not, that's not in our playbook. But you buy that ticket, you can have that uplifting experience. You can think about, oh, you know, I think I'm, if I got I'm going to donate some money here. I'm going to help out these relatives over there. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get a new car, whatever it is. Those are positive, uplifting feelings. And so if you can help instill hope in somebody, it's going to increase the odds of them feeling better in their lives. Such a great point. You, you said something interesting. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I want to go back to, though, David, in, in connection with the lesson in Woo and Murder then, because if you didn't know what was going to happen in the beginning, what was right. it like for you to find out and then to be able to connect it all? What was it like for you as the writer to be able to connect it all at the end? Uh, uh, it was the light bulb went on. <laughs> it was like, first off, when if you watch a movie, read a book, and it's a whodunit, mm-hmm. I mean, people, people are curious. It's one of the greatest attributes somebody can have to be curious, 
and I'm sure you, doing the work that you do, you're curious. You were curious to talk to me. You want to right. learn this. You're interested in that. Curiosity is such a powerful aspect trait to have, and mystery readers tend to be very curious. They want to figure out who done it, and so they're looking for clues. They want to find the along the trail. They want to find the different things that have been dropped there and figure it out. And why? What's so great about that? It's empowering. Yeah. Because, you know, we all want control in our lives, and we all know we don't have it, but we want to have a degree of it. <laughs> and the more you can, can feel in control, the more powerful you can feel. And so for me, when I found out who done it, it was like, ah, <laughs> like, oh, great, now I know the son of a guy who did it, and uh, I'm going to go back now and make it so that other people can figure it out along the way. But I had to figure it out along the way. I had to, when I'm writing it, I'm just writing, all right, they had this conversation, and Sheridan said this to Eve, and blah, 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 blah. And then I go, oh, yeah, but there was a little clue in there I didn't realize. And there's, I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase, but they say the conscious mind is the last to know. So that means you might know something on, in your unconscious but knowing it consciously, your unconscious knows it before your conscious knows. So in some ways, my unconscious was writing the book, and towards the end, my conscious mind went, aha, now I know who done it. And that was an exciting yeah. moment for me, and hopefully one for the reader as well. Well, I tell you, that is, it is interesting to see, um, to see it all come full circle because even as we're reading a lesson in Woo and Murder, we see David being skeptical, trying to find a quote-unquote real reason. And yet, one of my favorite uh, parts of the book, David, is when, and I think the reader, when they read these words out loud, um, it will make them think about themselves and even their own possibilities. I want to read this because I thought it was very fascinating. You don't want to be discovered, and yet I believe you wish to be heard. People have not done right by you, and you have avenged yourself, yet no one knows why. In your mind, you're justified. In ours, you're not. When we hear why you did what you did, we'll understand your point of view. It's only then that we'll be able to appreciate you to the fullest extent. And what that said to me, it was so interesting. It fit perfectly in the book, but I think so many people, it goes to a bigger point, David, and I'm, I want to wrap up with you with this, because and that is that people just want to be heard. People want to be seen. They want to know, even if someone does not believe what they believe, and that's why I think it is such a big part of this book, they want to know that, that what they feel, what they believe matters. What was that like for you to think about as you gave David those words? Yeah. Well, first off, I, I think – I don't know if anybody feels fully appreciated or fully understood – so I think in the case of with the murderer, what I'm speaking to the murderer there is they don't want to be discovered, but their motive for killing and their reason to them made good sense, and they felt justified. But they can't go banter that around, so they have to sit on that. But I would think in their minds they go, well, if you understood why I did this, you'd understand why I did this, and you'd agree. You'd have done the same thing. And whether we would or wouldn't is 
I don't think we necessarily would, but I think they feel justified but unseen and unknown. And yeah. you and I, like, when people acknowledge you and say to you, you know, you have a great radio show and you really bring a lot of knowledge to people and thank you, that feels really good for you, I'm sure. And it right. makes you feel like, ah, I'm being seen, I'm being understood. And right. I, people want that. And I don't know, as I said at the beginning, I don't know anybody who gets too much of that. Uh, so anytime you can understand somebody, understand their point of view, have empathy for them, consideration for them, I think that's that's a feel-good for all of us. Yeah, such a great point. And such a great thing for our audience to think about as they then pick up their copy of A Lesson in Woo-Woo and Murder. Again, our guest has been Dr. David Unger. The book's available through our friends at Amazon.com. You all can get it there. But, David, you have a website as well. How can our audience stay connected with you? Yeah. Uh, David Unger, U-N-G-E-R-P-H-D dot com. And I have a contact page there, and if people want to get on my mailing list, but they can also write me a question. I'm pretty good about responding to the inquiries that come my way, and I'm happy to uh, connect with uh, interested people anytime. All right, David, congratulations to you again. So glad we had a chance to chat, and looking forward to speaking with you on the next book. All right. Well, that'll be a lesson in dogs murder. So people uh, who like dogs will look forward to that. There you so, go. Like, there you go. Out there. <laughs> All right. Love that. Love that. Thank you, David. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Thank you, as always. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Now let's go make today amazing. Take care.